Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. I'm happy to be with you again this week for a topic that I think you'll find of some interest, whether you are currently a multifamily real estate investor or contemplating making that first investment in multifamily. And that is why. Texas. Still, after quite a few years, we at Mara Polling continue to think Texas is a good answer to the question, where is the best place to invest? Now, that answer depends on who you ask and what your particular situation is, but I wanted to share with you today five reasons Texas is still a great place to invest in multifamily for Mara Polling and for the objectives that we have. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. Be happy to answer any questions that you have, and we can always hop on a call for a quick chat. Had some really wonderful conversations over the last week with a number of you, and would uh, welcome a chance to chat with you and answer any questions you might have. That's pat at marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And you can also swing by marapolling.com to check out more great content on the Learning Center. All right, so where is the best place to invest in multifamily real estate? Well, as I said, the answer really depends upon who you're asking, and more importantly, on what the goals are, what are the objectives. We are conservative investors. We want to invest for long-term success and minimize short-term risk exposure. So we like markets that are growing, markets that are resilient. We like markets that have reasonable regulation, all sorts of different things. As a matter of fact, we have a list of 17 different criteria that we use when we do our annual scoring of markets across the country. Now, when we do that, we're going to come up with a set of answers based on what we're looking for. If someone was looking for um, high velocity investments, investments that could be turned in a very short period of time, places where you could see 25, 30, 40% returns or more in a very short, compact space, then you may actually want to look at markets different than the markets we come up with. Our criteria are built around managing risk and optimizing long-term performance. So as I said, if you want to know the answer to the best place to invest in multifamily real estate, it does depend a great deal on who you're asking and what that person or what that group of people, what their objectives are. So for us, as I said, we like long-term success with modest amounts of risk. We want to take that risk from a 50-50 proposition and move it to the point where maybe there's a 40% downside or a 30% or even a 20% downside, which not only helps us all sleep well at night, as we've talked about recently. But just as important, if you've got a 20% downside, well, now you've increased the likelihood of a positive event, of a favorable variance from 50% all the way up to 80%. So 
investing conservatively isn't about protecting money. It's about making money with a very specific strategy. So I wanted to share five reasons that we continue to invest in Texas. Now, we don't invest everywhere in Texas. There are markets we don't put our dollars into. Some of them are not as diversified when it comes to employment. They're too reliant on one sector or another. Energy, for example, could be one. There are markets that are uh, prone to some risk factors, weather events, right? So some spots along the coast, we probably stay away from. But there are still 13 markets in Texas that meet our criteria that we like. And I wanted to share with you five reasons why that's the case. First, and by the way, these are not in any order. They're just in the order that I wrote them down. Uh, the first one is economic resilience. We like Texas because of the economics. That's one of the reasons it performs so well in our annual study. But it's not just about growth and the economy booming and incomes going up and all those great factors, which have been the case for quite some time, but it's also about that underlying foundation. You can see the resilience that's there in the marketplace. Was Texas affected by the uh, COVID restrictions and the recession that that brought about? Yes, it was. It was not as heavily impacted as other states in part because the economy in these markets in Texas was so robust to start with. So by investing in a market that has strong economic foundations, we're able to weather whatever comes down the road. And we know there are going to be recessions. It is a part of the economic cycle. We shouldn't try to avoid them. We don't wanna time the market. That's not a strategy we think makes a lot of sense. What we think makes sense is prepare for them, design to perform throughout the entirety of the cycle, which includes that downturn, that trough. And the way to do that is to invest in a market that is resilient. Doesn't mean that you're not gonna feel the impact of a downturn, it won't be as significant and the recovery will likely start more rapidly. That's absolutely what we've experienced in those markets in Texas. Number two, growth. Ultimately, the supply-demand game that we are investing in is driven by the increasing numbers of rental households in the markets that we invest in. Now, you can get there a couple of ways. You can get there by having homeowners become renters, and that does occur, right? We've talked about as individuals get towards retirement age, a larger percentage become renters than were renters when they were raising their families. But the real growth comes from simply growth in the population, growth in households. And in uh, the markets that we are active in in Texas, that really comes from three places. One is simply the organic growth, right? People have babies, right? Families grow, they get larger. Kids grow up, they go to school, they move out, they get their own house. There you go, another household. That takes a generation for that to happen, but that's definitely part of what drives growth in these markets. Another is migration. So this is movement within inside the country, within inside the United States, 
to Texas. There has been a large amount of business movement, right? So corporate movement, manufacturing, transportation, uh, many different sectors have uh, developed facilities in Texas. And when they do that, people move there to follow the work. So lots of migration. Is some of it from California? Of course it is, but it's from all over the country, right? There is a net positive migration into Texas that has been happening for an extended period of time and shows no sign of slowing as we sit here today. But the third component is immigration. So this is from outside of the country, right? So whether it's a family that's moving here from Europe or the Middle East or Asia or the Americas, families that come to the United States rent in disproportionately higher numbers than families that already live here in the United States. So if we have 10 new households from migration, so inside the United States, of those 10, about six of those households are gonna buy a house and about four of them are gonna rent. If those uh, 10 families come from outside the United States and they move to Texas, and that's one of the places they're moving in large numbers, then it's the reverse. About four of those families will buy a house and six will rent. And it takes about a generation for new immigrants to the country, to the United States, to shift from that rental heavy demographic to the standard spread that you see of 60% or so ownership and 40% rental across the country. What that means is the growth that we're experiencing in these markets not only fuels the growth of households in total, but it disproportionately fuels the growth of rental households. And that's obviously very important to us because that means more demand. And if there's more demand, then that means there's more opportunity for us as investors. The third reason we continue to like Texas is the equitable treatment that landlords and tenants receive from the local jurisdictions and from the courts. We are absolutely strong advocates for tenants' rights. When a tenant signs a lease, we as the landlord are making a commitment to them that we are gonna provide them with a safe place to live, that it's gonna be well-maintained, that it's gonna be clean. They don't have to worry about the roof leaking and falling in on them or not having heat in the middle of the night when it's cold. That's our job to take care of that. That's the deal we strike. And that tenant makes a commitment to us saying, I'm going to pay you on time and I'm going to be a good tenant. I'm going to do my bit to take care of my apartment, to keep it clean, to manage it well, and to do it in such a way that we're all satisfied with how this works. And the overwhelming majority, 99.99% of tenants and landlords, that's exactly what happens. But on occasion, that isn't the case. And the thing that we like about Texas and other markets like the markets we're active in in Texas is when there's a dispute, it does no one any good to have that linger for an extended period of time. What's in everyone's best interest? 
Let's get it resolved. And one of the ways you can get that resolved, if it is something that, for example, has to end up going to court, is to get into court promptly and to get it taken care of and then everybody move on. Texas operates in that, in that manner. And there are many other states and many other jurisdictions that do as well. As contrasted with some jurisdictions that may provide uh, more focus on one side or the other, right? More landlord oriented or more tenant oriented. We like the fairness and equity that there is in uh, markets like the markets we're active in in Texas. We think that works best for everyone. The fourth reason we like the markets we're in right now in Texas is the quantity of deals that are available and the sizing of those deals. There are lots of wonderful places to invest in the country. And as we've said many times, we firmly believe that you could invest anywhere in the United States in multifamily and be successful. We think there's less risk and greater opportunity for success in certain markets as opposed uh, to others. One of the factors that helps increase the likelihood of success is if we have more opportunities to make investments. If we're in a market that's very small and there are only one or two transactions that take place every year, it's gonna be really difficult to be successful there because you're gonna have a lot of money chasing a very small number of deals. The larger markets that we're involved in in Texas, the major markets that make up the triangle, so Houston and San Antonio and Dallas-Fort Worth, as well as the secondary markets that we're active in, Collectively, there are hundreds of transactions every year that are the size that we would invest in. And that's another component that's important, that there be investment opportunities that are sized correctly, right? Um, it's, as we've said before, there's a lot of value in scale. It's much more challenging to make money investing in a portfolio of 20-unit properties than it is to own one 200-unit property. And so you have to invest in markets where there are 200 unit properties and not just one, but where there are enough that there'll be a number of those transactions every year. And these markets meet that criteria. The final piece has to do with the supply side of the equation. So when I talked about growth and economic resilience, that was really about the demand side of the equation. When we look on the supply side, there are things we wanna see. One is we wanna see a market that has a very rapid absorption. What that means is when new units are built, and there are new units being built every year. As a matter of fact, Texas is one of the places that leads the country in the development of new apartment units. We wanna see those units get filled up quickly. You don't wanna see units that are sitting for two years, two and a half years, three years before someone rents them. And in the markets we're active in in Texas, that absorption is significantly less than that. It's not two years, it's not a year and a half. In many instances, it's a year or even less. Now, one of the things we do pay attention to is what's that new development look like? As you know, we like class B assets. Uh, there's a large number of them out there. There's a lot of characteristics that make them the Goldilocks class as we refer to them. And while you can make money in A's and you can make money in C's, we think the B-class assets have a uh, 
greater degree of stability and security over time uh, than the other uh, two. The supply and demand needs to be looked at within those classes because a tenant that is looking to live in a class C property because they're looking for that kind of value, well, it doesn't matter to them if somebody built a brand new class A down the street. That doesn't add any opportunity for them because they're not, they're not looking to live in that facility and vice versa. The class Bs, same situation. There really aren't new class B developments that are market-based class Bs. And it has to do with the fact that the cost of developing an asset is such that in order to make a fair return, you're gonna have to generate a higher rental rate. You're gonna have to generate more NOI than you can if you're in the class B space. So instead of spending $150,000 or $170,000 to build a unit in some of these markets, you're going to spend $200,000 and you're going to build an A and you'll be able to get your money back on an A. That's why in the markets that we've looked at, not only is absorption in that favorable range, but the new development has been almost completely class A. There is some class B development, but not market units, meaning these are subsidized units that are built. Therefore, we're looking at markets based on these five where they're resilient throughout the entirety of the economic cycle. They are growing markets, and in particular, growing slightly more in the rental household side. They're fair markets where landlords and tenants can get a fair shake if there's ever a disagreement. There's enough activity going on that there's room to make good deals and deals that are the right size. And the supply is still very restricted, meaning that demand is bumping up against the fact that there is not enough supply to take care of that growth. And when we have demand outpacing supply, we get higher prices, higher rents. And that is the equation for a good market to invest in. Now, that's true lots of places around the country. Texas isn't the only place. Of the 25 to 30 markets that we like uh, and look at it on an annual basis out of all the markets in the country, um, only half of them are in Texas. So uh, there's lots of other good places to invest. Generally, we're talking about the uh, Sun Belt, right? The South uh, across uh, up a little bit the, uh, uh, through the Carolinas, maybe something like that. Does that mean that you couldn't make money investing in Detroit? No, you could absolutely make money investing in Detroit or in uh, Portland, Maine, right? Uh, whatever town you want to pick, uh, wherever you live out there, there is an opportunity to make money investing in multifamily. Why we pick Texas is because we're looking for places where we can reduce risk and have these long-term opportunities. But if I were to ask someone who is building their own personal portfolio, a portfolio they're going to manage themselves, then the first question I would ask them wouldn't be about which state do you like or what market characteristic do you like. I'd ask them, how far, what, what's within an hour of your house? Take a map, draw a little circle around where you live and go out about an hour. You want to be in a position, I think, that when you get home from work on your way home, you could say, you know what, 
I haven't seen my property in a little while. I'm going to go swing by and take a look. And you should be able to do that. If it's many states away and you have to get on an airplane, does that mean it's a bad investment? No, just means you're going to be much more reliant on other people to help you oversee it and to manage it. And if you're building your own portfolio, staying close to home might make more sense. Now, once you've decided where the geography is, I would encourage you to look at the exact same kinds of factors. Within that area, what part of town is more economically resilient? Is there an area that's experiencing more growth? What kind of assets can you actually find to purchase? Is it more in the residential space, right? Are these single families and duplexes that are available? Or from a sizing standpoint, is there not a lot of that and you're actually gonna be looking at, you know, an eight plex or a 16 plex or some other uh, size property from that standpoint. And you absolutely wanna look at what new construction is coming and where is that aimed? Is it in a certain part of town? Are they class A, class B, class C? Just what does that look like and how might that fit into how you would make those same decisions? So I hope this gave you a little bit of an update on how we like to think about where to invest in multifamily. If, as I said, you've got questions about a portfolio you're working on building, I'm happy to help you with that. We could have a great chat about the markets that you're looking at and what you might want to pay attention to there in terms of what would make sense. If you're not looking to build your own portfolio, but you're looking to invest with a sponsor, whether it's us, Mara Poling, or someone like us, absolutely one of the things you should be looking at is where are they putting their money and why are they putting it there? You're going to see a lot of folks invest in Texas. It's a very active market. There's a lot of money that gets invested in Atlanta and in the Carolinas and in Florida and lots and lots of different places. Why did that investor, why did that sponsor put that money there? Why was that the decision? I've just shared you with you some of our thinking. It's always good to know what's that uh, lead investor thinking? How is it that they think this is the right place for us to all put our money? So I hope this has been of value to you. As always, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. And with that, have yourself a great week. And I'll talk to you next week on another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling.